Hey, it's Mike here from Music Radio Creative. Just before we get into this episode, I wanted to let you know about a free exclusive audio download for you as a podcast listener. If you'd like to claim it, head over now to mrc.fm forward slash play. That's P-L-A-Y, mrc.fm forward slash play and enjoy the episode. If you'd like to learn about audio production, everything from vocal effects to radio imaging, commercial production to music mixing, join my next audio production course at mrc.fm slash learn. That's mrc.fm slash l-e-a-r-n learn. Master Adobe Audition. Training, workshops, one-on-one coaching, courses. Head to mrc.fm slash learn. My guest on this show is Philip Chrysakos. He's a highly regarded and award-winning multimedia journalist, content editor and music presenter. He's had 25 years experience spanning the BBC, commercial radio and online outlets as well. You may have heard his voice uh, on many different uh, commercials and promos uh, for companies such as Citizen Watches, Tesla Motors, BMW, Nokia and so on. Uh, He's also heard as a news anchor on many radio stations in the UK. So the likelihood is at some point, if you switched on the radio and listened to the news, you may have heard him on LBC, Classic FM, Smooth Radio, Heart, Gold in the UK. And of course, Philip was formerly a news anchor uh, back in the day uh, as a, and a DJ on Capital FM in London. Uh, without a doubt, my favourite station that I grew up on, 95.8. So excited to have Philip on the show. Philip, welcome to the Adobe Audition podcast. Thank you. Thank you very much indeed. So let's get started. Let's get stuck straight in and find out today here in 2018, how are you using Adobe Audition? I'm using Adobe Audition in two ways. One on the basic way of using it as as an audio editor, an audio recorder and cleaning audio up. But one I found most helpful, and I stumbled across this, is using it as a video editor for sound as well. Um, I'm using the latest version, 2018. And in the past, Adobe, many people see it as just being an audio editor, an audio recorder. Now, I came across by having to make a, a video and I was told by a client, here's the video. Firstly, can you dub your voice over this? And I thought, no, I can't do this. And I said, dear client, I can't do this. I can't, I can't dub. If you can tell me the timings, I can do this for you. And he said, Philip, my dear friend, this is what you need to do. And they showed me the powers of using Adobe Audition to play a video with the soundtrack and then being able to watch that video as you record your sound as well. And then being able to then take that sound and edit it and move it around on the timeline to make it match up to video as well. And, uh, and, and latterly, I've been making a few commercials and promos where the video itself has been in Korean and I've been given the English script and said, right, there we are, voice that. By the way, here's the sound effects, here's the clean audio bed, here's the clean sound effect bed there's the pictures, go and do it. So I've been making them uh, using Adobe Audition and the video feature, being able to watch it on the screen, matching it all up, mixing it all down, and then going to Premiere Pro and then just bouncing it together. So making the whole sound file with effects and everything, making sure it's lined up to the video picture in Adobe Audition and simply in Premiere Pro putting on one track the video and the next track, my completed bounced 
audio file. Um, so, so, so I'm using it on both ends as both a, a voiceover and also as a video editor as well. Fantastic. And I think that's the best thing about it, isn't it, Philip? That when you have not just Adobe Audition, but the creative cloud, you really can hop between um, software. So like you say, you can be recording uh, to the motion picture inside Audition. You can then hop over, pull that straight into Premiere Pro using uh, Dynamic Link or even now editing uh, Premiere Pro projects straight inside Audition. Uh, and the cross-pollination, even like uh, I know you, you were mentioning to me before that you do some noise cleanup from time to time and the, the Photoshop-style tools there uh, in the spectral display are just amazing. But I really want to get into your favourite features and, and we will do uh, throughout this show. Um, but let's start with some of the production advice you've received over the years, Philip. So you have been working in not just in, in radio but in audio uh, for a number of decades now. I, I, don't, I don't want to age you too much and say many, many decades, but you, you have a wealth of experience. So what is the best audio production advice you think you've ever received? Really on the advice, I've, I fell into this in terms of editing and voicing and producing and presenting. I knew I wanted to do it, but I wasn't really too sure. And my time comes, and I'll age myself here, my career began in radio when it just started being digital. So computers with hard disks and being able to record audio into them and edit them digitally. And then a year or so later, two years later, I then moved into the analogue world of editing on tape and wow. chinographs, if people may remember that or not, probably not, and then going back to digital. So really, I spent all my career watching, listening and absorbing everything in, in, inside and maybe asking, oh, why this, why that? And really what I've learned from it all and from what I was told originally is to keep everything as best as it can be from the source, as clean as it can be from the source. Um, and then you can do whatever. Now, this whatever was 20-odd years ago before we have or debut audition CC in the cloud 2018, which it can it can do whatever you like to infinity. Exactly, yeah. No, I could not agree more. So, yeah, getting the equipment right, getting the audio sounding good at source is important. And obviously, listening to your audio quality on this show, uh, you are someone who appreciates good equipment. So I can't wait to to ask you maybe about some of the, the kit that you favour and some of the, um, the audio gear you're using. But let's look at... Um, Let's get a broad overview, Philip, for those listening now, uh, of your life working in audio. So uh, a look to the past and a look to the future. Let's start with uh, the past and give me an example of something really challenging that you've worked on in audio. I think the most challenging working on audio would have been in the days of tape, um, when you had the sound file on a tape and all it was was a strip of brown tape. You had no idea where the ums, ahs, well, mm. I think, and then trying to edit that out. You had no idea on those words. Um, you had to play them through the tape and uh, mix them backwards and forwards on the reels, find that exact point, which was still a brown piece of tape, and marking it with a, a, a China Graph pencil, making those edits <laughs> and having strings of tape around your neck, <laughs> hoping that you'd remember that was the Yamanar and that was this and that was that part of the sentence because you couldn't write on it, it was so tiny, um, and, and, and trying to stitch it all together. Whereas with, with, with the digital world, you can see exactly where that Yamanar may be and, and it's, and it's non-destructive. This was destructive editing. 
writings. That's probably my, my sort of earliest memories and, and the challenges faced. And, and really, to take an um and R out um, would either A, be a risk, because you could destruct this tape and you wouldn't know whether where this with this tiny half an inch piece of tape would be if you wanted to put it back and that would be impossible whereas now because everything is uh, non-destructive in my daily uh, uh, role of, of editing audio whether it's my own or from a, a news anchor point of view and having a I don't know a 30 second piece of audio you need to get down to 17 seconds for the news and then de-umming it and taking well I believe at the beginning of is so simple I could I could do it in in maybe 20 20 seconds and you can mm. actually read you learn to read which is another strange thing you learn to read the waveform and you can almost see where the ums and ahs would be not because they're tiny but it may be because it's an um and ah with a word and you can join those two words together if you really zoom in, which you couldn't have done the years ago with, with tape. Exactly, yeah. Digital audio workstations definitely changed the game. I, I like that. It's just visualising you with reels and reels of, uh, of uh, you know, brown tape and then some of it falling on the floor and you're like, oh, I needed that piece and trying to tape it back in. So did you, uh, you mentioned how easy it is, particularly as a, a news journalist, to be able to, you know, I need to get this bit down to 17 seconds. It needs to be exactly that uh, to fit into the bulletin, which... Um, for those listening that don't know, uh, news bulletins, generally, they have to be exactly two minutes, exactly one minute, exactly three minutes. Do I understand that correctly? Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and they're the toughest. And with everything, you know, people don't really, you don't go to a school and people teach you the, the, the tricks of it. Really, you find your own tricks around how to make, you know, a bulletin two minutes. For me, for example, if I'm going to read a one minute bulletin, I know I can... I, I can write to with the audio 107, 113. But my trick on that is always keep audio in the bulletin because number one, the audio, whatever it may be, is your colour and, and it will give something, it, it'll bring it to life. So my secret always is on that is don't over tighten the audio edits in audio that you may have in, let's say, a news bulletin. Keep it loose a little bit as it is. Because should you run over, and you could be, you know, one minute one, one minute two, and you need to be one minute, you can go back into that audio and just tighten it ever so slightly, and it will give you that time you need for a timed bulletin. If you've already tightened it for a pre-timed bulletin, you've got no leeway whatsoever. However, if I'm doing a live bulletin, as for example, as I do on, on LBC, then I will tighten those audio cuts because to me, if you're going to be reading something which is tight and pacey or at least you want to flow because you're flowing your, your speech, the last thing you want is to play an audio cut of 13 seconds, 17 seconds with ums, ahs, long pauses when it just instantly kills your pace and flow. For example, if you're listening to President Trump, to Theresa May, they're in the Commons, they're giving a speech, there will always be long pauses in what they're saying because they're doing it for effect. And when you put that to visuals on the TV, it's straight over your head. You're just seeing things and you're listening to things and it happens. However, if you then introduce those exact same pauses to an audio bulletin on the radio, it kills your whole pace and flow. 
and you can take them out because you don't need you, you need some pace in there in the audio clip not to take it out completely but you can certainly tighten it so it moves the story on and it moves you on and it keeps you on pace with what they're saying and what they're saying with what you're saying and the whole thing just flows that's fantastic. What a great tip. And uh, I didn't even uh, know know that that was something that you did. So anyone who's listening to a news bulletin now is going to essentially hear an edited version of um, world speakers uh, like uh, President Trump or Theresa May um, without the gaps in between. That is such such a cool thing. Well, with that said, I, t- I tend to listen to, to what, what my my colleagues do and my peers and I've taken, you know, over uh, clips that they may have left for me or, or something or I've heard what they've run. And when you listen to it on the radio, it may not seem as obvious, but... If you're listening, if you look at that waveform and you see it and you think, well, what, why am I going to waste half a second here in that clip and 0.3 of a second there and a second there when I can tighten all this up and save time overall? Because if you're on radio, if you're selling something in a commercial, every 0.1 of a second and they will add up means something. It's time that either someone's paid for or time that you could get back to something quicker in that radio show or in that song. And it comes back to being really, in superfluous words, why start an audio clip with, I think? You know, if I say now, and Mike Russell at Music Radio Creative says, Adobe Audition's the best thing ever. Well, if I then play a clip of you saying, well, I think... Well, obviously you think, because I've just said you're going to tell me that. So that's just wasted words in an audio clip. So cut them out. That's brilliant. I love that. Some real uh, kind of ninja editing tips. Um, so let's let's look at, uh, obviously, over the years, you have worked on a heck of a lot. You've done some great high-profile voiceovers. Uh, you've worked with some of the biggest media organisations in the UK. But there must be something really cool, Philip, that you have your eyes set on that you'd like to get achieved in the future. Maybe a cool project uh, you haven't even told anyone about yet. What would that be for you? This is a really tough one because I, I, I set myself high bars on, on everything I do. And for example, as um, I spoke of earlier about um, uh, doing the, these the, these video voiceovers, but but doing it all myself and not giving it out to a production company or someone who could do this, I, I think the one cool thing I'd like to work on is that one cool thing I don't know what it is yet. Because Whoa. when it comes along, I'll look at it and think. I can't do this, and, I, and, and I'll think a bit more about it. I think, no, you can, Philip. No, you can, you can. And um, the one cool thing I'd work on is a challenge I haven't even considered yet because I don't know what it is. And I, and I think, especially in the world of, of the internet and tutorials online, whether it's text or, or video-based, you can achieve anything. Absolutely, yeah. The, the the world really is your oyster online. It's it's amazing how the world has become such a smaller place with the fact that we're all connected and we're able to work with anyone, anywhere, and send audio around the world. Um, so yeah, just I mean, just like you were mentioning earlier, it's uh, it's easy to edit inside a digital audio workstation as opposed to splicing tape. Uh, and now it's easier than ever, rather than having to send out CDs and tapes uh, to you know just whiz an MP3 or WAV file uh, to someone on the other side of the world using. Uh, you know, email or um, Dropbox or Google Drive. Well, one thing I do find which is very important is, you, you know, we've, we've all sent email files to clients um, or, or, or left them, you know, on Dropbox. But one thing I, I do love, which is my favourite, is WeTransfer. Because you do then get an email saying, yes, it's been sent, 
so that's peace of mind for you. But you also get that all-important, it's been downloaded. Ah. And if you're perhaps sending a demo to somebody or, or, or you're sending somebody your voice reel, it's amazing and so important to know that somebody has downloaded it because to me, they've then taken part in another chain in communication, in non-verbal communication. What I always find is instead of bombarding people, and this is not just now, I, I found it um, we, years ago when I was looking for, for, for new work in, in the radio industry. And I thought, look, I, and this was in the, in the days of, of CDs and sending out CDs and things in the post. Instead of going through a list of people and finding their, 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 their name, Sir Mike Russell, and here's their address and sending it to them, and that sounds personal as opposed to Dear Sir Madam, and then wasting my time burning CDs and, and writing these personal letters and wasting time on stationery and postage and waiting, what I did was email this person and say, hey, this is me, this is what I'd like to do, I'd like to work for you. And then if they came back to me and said to me, yes, please send your demo along, then I would then be sending a demo along in the post. I would have spent my money, fine. But because they'd asked me, if they never replied then to my letter or got back in contact on email after maybe 10 days or so, I would then get in contact with them because, look, I've opened this chain of communication. You've invited me to send it to you. I haven't sent it to you unsolicited. So now you play the next part of the game. And what do you think of the demo? If you love it, great, get me in. If you don't, then fine, tell me, and that's fine. And the important thing with we transfer now takes it to the digital stage where a client can say to you, yes, please send me your, your demo. Send it via somewhere like we transfer, which you can then see if they've downloaded it. And if they have, the same way. If they haven't got back in contact with you after, well, in this digital age, after a couple of days, which is probably 10 days in, in old money, then get in contact with them. And also, if you do actually send jobs to clients that they've paid for, um, I had one many years ago, maybe three, four years ago now, where I did the job. Um, I sent it to them via WeTransfer, followed it up. Hey, was that OK? And they said, yeah, actually, we've decided to go with somebody else. We're now not going to pay you. Fine. But I said, because you've downloaded it... Uh, you, you having taken this to use, I don't know if you have used it or not used it, but you've told me you'd already changed your mind before I'd sent the audio, but without telling me. So why did you bother downloading it? So because you have downloaded it and I have proof of that, then it's only fair that you pay me. And luckily they saw the, 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 the value in that argument and they did. So it's, it's a good receipt-based system. Definitely, it is. And uh, you, you're so right that you can... I didn't know that about WeTransfer, so that's a good benefit. And sometimes, I mean, even you can get, I think, bits of software for um, email programs to, uh, to give red receipts on those. So that would be a good thing. And the nice thing about WeTransfer, sorry, Mike, is that you can yeah. also, I think it's about, I don't know, 100 euros a year, you can sign up to your own personal WeTransfer. So you can put your own photograph on there, your own background banner. You, you can customise it. It looks even more professional than just doing it via the standard WeTransfer. So to a client, as we all know, to anyone, what you project is, is important, you know, you, you, you wouldn't, I don't know, you wouldn't go down to the petrol station to buy a newspaper, um, topless in your pyjamas and slippers, but you would put something on. And it's the same way with WeTransfer. Why would you send a client or to anyone something via a, a free WeTransfer 
um, when you will still get the receipts back and it looks unprofessional, when you can just spend 100 euros a year, set it all up so it looks professional with your photos and, and everything else and, it, and they've got the banners there. So this is, this is me. And you still get those receipts back, but the added bonus as well as looking professional and, and plus having those uh, files you've sent uh, stored online in, in, in their own cloud system for a month or so. I wish I'd listened to or heard your advice of opening a dialogue um, with people before sending out uh, a CD back in the day. I can't even imagine how much money and time I've spent on first class stamps and CDs or cassette tapes uh, and jiffy jiffy envelopes uh, to send stuff out but this is like we transfer that's the modern way of doing that so really cool tip let's go back now Philip to your childhood and look at the the first memory maybe that one memory that you have uh, around audio uh, that made you smile that kind of maybe started you down this path what would it be for you become a great audio producer learn the secrets of creating Creating great sounding audio. Go to mrc.fm slash learn. I think it would be listening to uh, television commercials or, or radio commercials, you know, 30 odd years ago now, which they it's a different it's a different world it's a different era it's equivalent of, of, of comparing it to the Stone Age it's that so far away where products weren't rammed in your face and down your throat and in your mind as they are now and only because they are now is because we have a a very short limited attention span no matter what age we are and what generation we are but commercials and audio had time to breathe it was look how lovely this is this is what you can do with it and let's take this whole 30 seconds to tell you and even at the end of 30 seconds we'll tell you and the commercials back then were very sing-along, music-based. Uh, they, they, they were what we call now Sonics with Intels. Ding, 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 ding! Three seconds or McDonald's. I'm loving it. Three seconds. In those days, you, you could have the whole 30 seconds, which was their commercial and, the, and their, their audio ID. So it was really growing up with, with sing-along songs or, or, or hooks that really held you in for that entire 30 seconds. Um, and, and that's probably my, 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 my childhood memory that got me into it through to audio and radio, where it was a completely different beast and, and just everything was huge. Indeed, yeah, that's right. Fantastic. So, okay, we, we've had a really good look so far at uh, some of the challenging projects you've worked with, uh, the cool stuff in the future you'd like to work on, some some demo sending tips for the uh, for the modern age. In the, in the past, it was just opening a dialogue uh, with an initial letter, uh, now using a service like WeTransfer. So I'm really curious now, Philip, to get stuck into the software that is Adobe Audition that obviously uh, has this year celebrated its 25th birthday. And I I'd like to start off with narrowing down uh, the features out of the plethora of features available in that audio editing software. If you had to pick just one and call it your favourite feature, what would that be? Ah, This is an easy one. Uh, To to think, I I, I can't believe how long ago Adobe Audition started. Uh, or, or, Or really, let's correct ourselves here, I'm sorry, Audition back in the day when it was just, you know, audition. And is it 15 years or so since version 3.1 came out? And (laughs) heaven knows what version this is now, something like 17 or 16 or or something. But the the most valuable one, because 
perhaps we take it for granted, perhaps it should be there. But the standard thing of editing and non-destructive editing is so important and it's standard. The most important feature for me is skip selection. Now, this was in, in the early auditions where, Mike, you could highlight a piece of audio you could press that button because that's the that piece of audio you highlighted is the one you fancy taking out of, 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 of the audio piece you've got. You could press a button, it would play five seconds, one second, whatever you predetermined it, and it would skip over that section. And you'd go, right, that's the bit I want to take out. Yes, it works. Brilliant. Wasn't I great at editing? Or no, let's just focus in a bit more with the you know arrow keys and make it even tighter and zoom into the waveform. That is the most important feature for me because when I almost went to 5.5 of Audition, which seems many years ago now, for some reason, Adobe, when they took that over, took that skip selection out. And uh, it was only when uh, one of my friends in the industry, I was talking to them about, oh, Adobe, it's lost it now, it's lost that feature, my most important. No, 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 it's back in there. That's when I decided to upgrade and and it, it was a hallelujah moment. And it is so important because I did try version 5.5 without it. And it was so time consuming. I spoke about reading the waveform. You can read the waveform to a certain extent. But when you have to, to take a piece of audio out, play it back and go, no, it doesn't work. Uh, is it because you do this by by sight or without even looking? Because it controls Z and you put it back in, and you try again, take it out, try again, take it, out. and it may take you six, seven times. That skip selection is so important to be able to fine tune, play it back, and go. That's the one. Now I can delete. Yeah, absolutely. Gosh, skip selection. That's not something that I use regularly in, in my workflows on a daily basis. But now you mention it, particularly if you're editing tons of audio and pulling stuff out of clips, I can see why that would be super valuable. Uh, so what about, obviously, um, particularly in your role as a journalist, time, as you mentioned, is of the essence. You're always working towards that next bulletin, which is usually on the hour. And that bulletin has to be exactly one minute or two minutes in duration. So what are your amazing workflows or for you? time-saving shortcuts that you have to really rifle through audio inside Adobe Audition? Well, first and foremost, when you're using Adobe Audition, I would start firstly with the slab of audio. There it is. And and I would work through the easiest thing. That is, listen to the beginning, obviously, and take out those I believes. And if it's not there or whatever, here's the important thing, is the fade in. Just that tiny bit at the beginning, fade in. And the end, the fade out. Um, more often than not, if you are taking a, a clip, you will have to edit the audio and end somewhere where they may go talking about something else or it may be midway through um, a word which is rolling into another. But there's no excuse with digital editing and with Adobe that you can put a clip to where that ends abruptly or harshly because there's always a way you can just fade out that very slight bit because it sounds smooth coming in and it sounds smooth coming out. Because if it catches you out abruptly, it sounds awful. And then I will go through and 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 listen to it and take the ums and ahs or the I, I, I's or, or even try and take a section out which may maybe four or five seconds and it'll link one piece of the audio to the next and you would never know but only because using that zoom in function getting close to the uh, waveform taking it out and if it still doesn't work we've all had that bit where it just goes ever so slightly zoom in even further 
and then read the waveform line. So if you can see it's dipping on the bit where your in mark is, but it's going up on your outline, then move your outline to be on a dip as well, or your inline marker to be on an upline. So, but they, they, they both go in and out on an up or in and out on a down, and that will always get away, get, get rid of those, those slight little clicks. I like that. That's really cool, especially when, when you mentioned, yeah, the, the abruptness or the clicks you can get at the start or end of uh, short, like uh, uh, vocals that you'll use in, in bulletins. Uh, just to add the fade on the start and the end is brilliant. And, and like you mentioned, in audition, whether you're in multi-track or waveform, using those grey triangles at either end, you can just instantly add a waveform, or, uh, sorry, a, a fade on. So definitely really, really good stuff. So Philip, I know you mentioned at the start of this show, you are very much all about getting the audio sounding good at source, uh, getting using the right equipment to make things sound good. So let's talk about your audio resources, your gear you use when creating audio. I know you, you use a lot of different mics and setups at different radio stations, but do you have any audio equipment in particular that you really love? Yes, the one that I really love is my microphone. And before we even come onto the microphone, I mentioned earlier about having the cleanest source of anything and the cleanest source of anything has to start with the studio or the booth. Um, my, my studio that I'm talking to you from now, and it would be nothing without the microphone, the microphone, nothing without the studio, um, is, is constructed in a um, five and a half, six inch frame, which is then filled with acoustic insulation, acoustic sound insulation, which if people are building their own sound booths or having people to do it for them, Acoustic sound insulation has completely different properties to loft insulation. It may look the same, may feel the same, but the properties of it in trapping the sound and absorbing it is completely different. So in that five and a half, six inch frame, I've got about four inches of uh, acoustic um, uh, material in there, then wrapped around with acoustic fabric on all the walls and the ceiling, um, and, and the door, most importantly, at an angle. Because as we know, with, with studios, if there's glass in there, the glass will always be at an angle. Uh, the door or something, there should be angles in there uh, to be able to reflect the, the audio differently as well, so it's not all just bouncing around itself. So that's first and foremost the most important. And carpet on the floor, uh, acoustically treated ceiling as well, like the walls. And then we come to the microphone. And this is my favourite piece of kit, the Sontronics Orpheus microphone. Sontronics is, is a fabulous British company uh, run by uh, a guy called Trevor Coley, who's had so many years' experience working in sound studios, including Abbey Road as well. And these microphones have been tested. They've been hand-designed by him, um, both in physicality and the internals of them, and, and tried in, in studios around the world, including Abbey Road for musicians, for voiceovers, uh, for, for singers. And as, as a shirt, as a blouse, as a dress, as trousers, as jeans... Each one is different. So this microphone is, is stunning for me, I think. I've tried other ones. I've tried the, tried the Rode uh, NT1s, and I thought they were amazing until I, I, I tried this. I, I've tried um, other microphones like the Newmans and, oh, sorry, Neumanns. And this one is the one for me. And I remember saying to Trevor when I, when I first got this, 
It was the equivalent of having silky smooth chocolate just melting in your ears as you heard it. And we all know when you go to do a voiceover, no matter how amazing you may sound on the end result, whether there's work done to you or not, if when you are reading that script, it doesn't sound amazing in your ears and your mind and in the headphones and back to you, every other word you're going to be reading, you're going to doubt yourself. But this one just made me sound so silky smooth that it is my most important piece of equipment in the studio, a Sontronics Orpheus microphone. That's absolutely key. I couldn't agree more. Getting the right microphone that, um, as you just mentioned there, fits your voice is so important. Uh, so for you, Philip, you mentioned the Sontronics Orpheus. Just been checking that out, and uh, I see it's a multi-passing condenser mic. Uh, it's got three different polar patterns that you can select from, and has a 10 dB plus or minus uh cut or boost so um, depending on you know what kind of gain you've got going into your audio interface or into your mixing board uh, you can you can adjust for that so it definitely looks like something's looking and it's it's made in Britain which is uh, yes is super cool too so excellent excellent stuff well uh, I think it's been a wealth of resources here in this show and I'm really excited that we kind of we've covered some ground that we haven't covered so far uh, on this show so thank you for the time to um, to go over this and I'm really curious now for anyone who's listening to the show who's maybe aspiring to get into the industry maybe they're young and they're, they're looking at audio as something they want to do um, what would be your advice to that person starting now the obvious one would be to, you know, listen around to what's happening and uh, get as much experience as you can. But I think anyone aspiring to get into any industry, whether it's ours or anything else, is to look at things that people aren't doing. Otherwise, you're just chasing the herd. So for mine, for an aspiring young audio producer to get into the industry, is is don't look at what other people are doing, but look at look at what's gone before. People now are producing audio, I believe, which sounds stunningly amazing on an Alexa speaker or on a mono speaker or some cheap headphones that you see everyone going around wearing these big over-the-ear headphones because they think they sound absolutely amazing. When in actual fact, my little Sony in-ear buds sound better than that because they don't look at when they go to buy them. Nobody does. But they don't look at the back of the pack and look at the frequency response and go the lower the frequency, the lower the bass, the better, and the higher the frequency response, the more clarity you can hear from it to get the widest one you can. And it's the same way with an aspiring audio producer. Look back at what has happened. Look at those, look at those big imaging uh, that, that used to be, for example, on, on 95.8 capital FM, where every single note, whiz, bang and voiceover said something. The, the audio had space to breathe. It, you heard every symbol and bass. And why? Because... It was played on stereo speakers. People had stereo speakers or monitors in their studios because they were going to be heard in stereo setups in cars, in stereo setups at home. Everything was stereo. We went from having you know a mono transistor in the 60s and 70s to stereo. But now it's gone the other way around where everything is, is being cut down to it sounds amazing on an Alexa speaker. It sounds stunning on a little, you know, tinny or even stereo speakers on a mobile phone, which aren't really stereo speakers because they've got no space to breathe. So look at waveforms. Don't make audio which is highly compressed and just looks like a green bar. 
treat every piece of audio that element as an individual piece let it breathe let it come out and and hit you on the speakers and listen to things not just on headphones but on stereo monitor speakers and don't be afraid to put some some stereo width in your sounds or something to come a bit more from the left speaker than the right it'll still sound as normal as everyone else when you play it on an Alexa speaker, but boy, you play it on something important and on a, on a nice stereo system, then it'll really blow your mind off. And one thing that will be coming and is already, but it's just, you know, uh, teetering in the water there, is is um, is, is high-definition audio. And it's not like a what we know it of stereo. It really will blow your mind out to, to bits, as, as we know, Mike, because probably... If you listen to, to, to songs from the 60s and 70s of the Beatles and stuff and you listen to those proper stereo separations on a stereo system and it blows your mind. Why? Because we've forgotten what they sounded like. So to aspiring producers and audio producers, listen to the sounds of the past and recreate those to have that wow factor when you listen to them. I couldn't agree more. That's fantastic. And it is funny how you just gave a bit of a history there, how it's... Uh come from you know the 60s and 70s with the transistors and being in mono then we got stereo wasn't that cool and now we're kind of almost like you mentioned with alexa and and google home and everything else we're kind of going back to mono speakers again <laughs> but then there is so much hope and i think that's a great place to leave it where you mentioned uh the the prospect of high definition audio and uh even i guess spatial audio with uh, things like the hololens and uh, other uh, mixed reality and virtual reality uh spaces that will will soon be in a, a whole new reality where we'll be hearing sounds coming from the back of our head and spinning around and and looking at them. So it's, yeah, it's an interesting place we're going, but um, I definitely really, really can resonate with the advice of listening to audio from the past and uh, and getting some some inspiration even from there. Um, 95.8 Capital FM, as I've mentioned before on this show, is one of my biggest, if not the biggest inspiration for me. Uh, so Philip, it's it's been enlightening and thank you for taking the time to, to speak on this show. And just for anyone now who, who would like to find you online and find out a bit more about Philip Chrysikos, where would you send them? I would send them to my website. It is uh, Philip Chrysikos, that's Philip with one L, and Chrysikos, C-H-R-Y-S-S-I-K-O-S, philipchrysikos.com. And to show the changing times in the industry and the whole world, there were no www dots at the beginning. (laughs) Wow, cool. <laughs> Drop the W's. That's that's the way to go, definitely. Um, obviously, you need to make sure you're HTTPS as well. Absolutely is. Good. <laughs> well, Philip, I really appreciate it. Thank you for your time today and thanks for coming on the show. Thank you, Mike. Been a pleasure. If you want to grab the exact Adobe Audition template I use, head over to mrc.fm slash presets. That's mrc.fm slash presets and you can grab my Adobe Audition multi-track template there. Hey, it's Mike back again, and I just wanted to let you know, as a podcast listener, to go and grab your free exclusive audio download from us here at Music Radio Creative. Just head over to mrc.fm forward slash play. 